0: Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Netsch on Live 95.
1: Now, as you may have heard on Live 95 News, there is upset at the new opening and closing times for Castle Mongret Cemetery in Mongret in Limerick. And Fine Councillor Daniel Butler is with us to tell us a bit more. Good morning to you.
0: Good morning, Joe.
1: So what is happening with these opening and closing times?
0: Um, well, I suppose first it first came to my attention, Joe, when a member of the public contacted me to say they couldn't access the graveyard uh, when they went down to see it. So when I contacted the council, I was informed that new uh, opening and closing hours were going to be implemented. So for the summer months, which is from, say, the from April until September, that the opening hours would be 8 a.m. until 9 p.m., and then for the winter months, which are spanning from October to March, that it would be 8 a.m. until 4.30 p.m. And I suppose it kind of took me back a small bit, but I shared it with members of the public because it wasn't public knowledge yet, and I didn't want people going up there and not being able to gain access and being upset. But uh, when I did share it, the level reaction, Joe, was quite significant. People were very, very angry and very upset.
1: And what is at the root of that upset?
0: Well, I suppose, I mean, a very obvious one, for the particular for the winter months, Joe, is that if, if the graveyard is closing at 4.30, if you're working Monday to Friday, you know, you're working a full-time job, you're not going to be able to go visit the grave of your loved one for the for the entirety of the week. You know, and for, for a lot of people, share their own personal stories as well um, with me in terms of having very recent loss, very tragic losses, and the comfort that people gain from being able to go up and visit their loved one whenever they want to. Um, some of them are traveling significant distances because they may be working uh, away from away from Limerick. Um, and that these new hours essentially would be prevent them from being able to do that. And I know from my own experiences with grief. My own father is is buried in Castamongers. You know, having the comfort of being able to go and visit your grave of, of your loved one is of huge importance. And sometimes, though, in the early stages of grief, you know, grief often hits late at night. You know, when you're left alone at home, alone with your thoughts. And being able to go up to the grave gives people comfort. And now with these new hours, unfortunately, it's going to mean people, particularly with the winter months, are not going to be able to do that.
1: Right. So the decision to restrict the opening times, that's on the basis, we understand, of health and safety and the risk of antisocial
0: behaviour. Yeah, Joe, I mean, there's been some well-documented incidents in the press recently of some activity that's happened in some of the graveyards. Uh, but also I'm aware that, you know, they have, the Limerick Centre Council have to have due, due care to people visiting the graveyard in terms of health and safety. So obviously they, the hours that they've dictated are what they would have seen as being the daylight hours during the winter months. Currently, graveyards in Limerick don't have any lighting. So uh, they they have concerns in, in, to ensure the safety of members of the public, which they have an obligation. But I think, you know, Joe, I think there's a compromise to be had here. Um, to be able to be a little bit more flexible on those opening and closing hours because I suppose to some people put it to me, there's no opening and closing time when it comes to grief and putting limits on it really... Um, is because it like it's causing a huge amount of
1: upset. We're trying to counselor Daniel Butler this morning, and uh, you know, of course, we, uh, we know the guard are appealing for witnesses after an incident of alleged criminal damage to a gravesite in Limerick, and this happened at Mount Saint Oliver's Cemetery on the outskirts of the city earlier this week. And you know, that and other incidents underline that, unfortunately, there are, are a very small minority who do not respect graves and cemeteries.
0: And Joe, I think the important point you made there is a very small minority, you know, um, and sometimes it seems in our society that the majority get punished for the mon- minority's activities, and that seems to be what's kind of happening here, Joe. You know, um, with a small, a minor- very, very small minority that have showed disrespect to a grave site, and now everybody else who is in who who is accessing the graveyard is going to be punished by not being able to get to visit the the gravesite of our loved ones. And Joe, like, some of the stories that have been shared to me, and I appreciate people's openness, you know, are are very tragic realities, you know, um, very sad stories. And people, you know, particularly now who could be in the very early stages of grief, you know, they're really hurting over this. Um, The level of comfort, it can't be underestimated for what Uh, what they offer people, you know.
1: So... To be clear, do you see as a remedy then an effort to put lighting into Castle Munger Cemetery and other cemeteries and and allow the opening hours to return to their
0: previous form? I think it's something that in the long term we're going to have to look at, but you can imagine the expense could be quite significant. But I would hope that Limerick Council might go in and take a look and see what can be done. But in the interim, what I would hope is some level of compromise, particularly, Joe, in relation to the winter months, those people working monday to friday at least can have some opportunity to go visit the gravesite so whether that's open in the graveyard a little bit later to after work hours a small bit that a halfway ground can be found or a compromise can be found so that they can still visit them during the week i think it's a very reasonable compromise and reasonable expectation yeah
1: and i mean from the council executive point of view the intention in relation to the opening and closing hours of the Gates Castle munger it was facilitate the public in accessing the car park during daylight hours, as previously the car park had been available only for funerals, and the decision taken to facilitate elderly people who had to cross the road when parking at Munger GA Clubhouse. And the closing times would also assist in mitigating health and safety issues after dark, as there's no public lighting, as you mentioned, in the cemetery, and there has been a number of incidents in recent times, but in light of the public concerns, apparently the council are saying, you know, officials are saying, that they are willing to review these closing hours.
0: Yeah, so I've been talking with them, Joe, over the last week or so on this, and they have committed to to taking a look and see if they can find a compromise or a way forward with it. And I do appreciate them engaging positively with me. But I think perhaps what we should have done very early on in this, Joe, is there should have been maybe better consultation with the public, because, like I say, this only came to light because I had a complaint in for somebody. And then when I went to ask, it's only then that I found out there's no public display of opening closing hours currently in any of the graveyards. So, this has only really come out, really, perhaps in the wrong way, uh, only by the fact that I stumbled upon it.
1: Um, I mean, where are you at the moment on antisocial behaviour in general? Um, you know, is it real or the tendency to blame the media? Is it all our media hype in Limerick?
0: No, Joe, it's real. You know, um, as a as a local councillor, obviously you're going to get perhaps more information than being a general member of the public as people come to you. And unfortunately, antisocial activity is on the rise. And I feel that particularly during the course of COVID, that, you know, the fact that you could flout rules set out by the government has emboldened people since COVID. And that emboldenment has continued on now, where we're seeing people... Uh, partic- particularly in and around the city centre, we're seeing people on, you know, e- e-bikes and, and e-scooters flying around, f- faces covered, hood up, and knowing exactly what they're doing, and they're only up to one go- one thing, and it's not good, yo. And there, there's set, definitely seems to be an emboldenment of of people that they can flout the law and get away with it, and that has escalated um, across the centre and across the suburbs of city of the city as well where we're seeing lots of low-level antisocial activity. Um, some of that is harassing individuals in their homes, whether it be... It can be as minor, Joe, sometimes as knock-a-dolly, but if it's happening to you late at night or on a regular basis, it's not that minor. Uh, you have people in their homes, you know, concerned, frightened, yeah. uh, and unfortunately, and, it is on the rise.
1: Right, and, and I mean, wh- what is the solution? Is it a policing response, or is that too simplistic?
0: It's probably more comprehensive than that, Joe, but definitely, it, you know, primarily you, you need enforcement, you know, no matter what way you look at it, Joe, um, and, and a serious investment in community policing because that that the importance of relationships and understandings of, of community through community policing is of huge value. And I feel that the value within the senior ranks of the Gardaí has not been to support community policing effectively. I feel that a lot of time it's after the high line figures of interventions, whether it be drug interventions or whatever it may be, but that the focus has not been on the low-lying social activity. And, and I kind of feel that has contributed to the issues, but it's more comprehensive than that. So it's, you know, it's engagement with young people um, in terms of, you know, diversionary activities and keeping them occupied and engaged uh, and support for for families who are currently struggling to be able to bring their children up. Um, does, I mean, we're, see, we're seeing an increase uh, in, in children presenting Joe at school hungry, you know. So there's a there's a breakdown in the family. If there's a breakdown in the family unit, Is there's a breakdown in communities, then, you know, crime will rise. So it's, it's a comprehensive approach. It's not just the, the punishment model. There's much more to it than that. But certainly, you know, I think everybody can see that there needs to be a serious investment in our Gardy.
1: Right, and do you see that as a, a significant point of public debate in the run-up to, frankly, the many elections we have in the next twelve to eighteen months?
0: Absolutely, Joe. I think it's a growing issue forever for all of us. You know, I don't think people feel it safe. We've seen some of the the activity in in the press that we covered in the press there recently, in terms of what's happening in Dublin and it's happening here in Limerick and uh, and across. All of ireland i think where people are seeing a rise on associativity and it's a concern if we're not feeling safe in our homes safe in our communities then what do we have joe you know and, and i think it's going to be a very very big issue and uh, we're going to need to take it on and you know i suppose the government have been trying to, uh, put, to put an investment into the gardee and to recruit um, but like we're saying across all industries joe recruitment in terms of numbers is every industry struggling at the moment to be able to yeah, recruit and, and, and that doesn't, doesn't include
1: on let's be frank when you have effective full employment in the country and employers competing being a garda is not an easy job it is not an easy job particularly one out there on the front line you can kind of understand younger people going do you know what no there's probably an easier way to make a few quid
0: Absolutely, Joe. You know, and that is the reality. You know, it is a very difficult job being in front lines. And you've been exposed to realities that perhaps are quite upsetting and quite difficult, and the situations are upsetting and quite difficult. Um, so it is difficult, but there is huge rewards in that. You know, when you are a garda, you know, you can make such a difference to your community, to your society, and to the lives of individuals. By, in that role, so it's, it's hugely rewarding there's huge rewards there as well as you and I think that has to be acknowledged as well yes. um, but we need, do need to see greater support for our Gardaí to make it more attractive and to be okay. more competitive in that type market, market
1: OK, well listen, we'll be talking about that and much more in the run-up to the various elections as I mentioned, and thank you very much for joining us this morning, uh, particularly on the uh, issue at Castle Mungret Cemetery in Mungret. that's Fine Councillor Daniel Butler